Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another dis- edition of Leaving Room Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas, with my co-host, Mr. Gabriel Montoya. It's good to be back. It's Monday. It's a beautiful day outside. It's not raining. It's not cold. Um, it's actually uh, it's actually like a, a, a t-shirt type of day, to tell you the truth, Gabriel. I don't know about yourself. You've been outside. How is it over there in San Francisco? Is it, is it nice oh, and warm gorgeous, or no? Oh, it's gorgeous, dude. It's, it, it is, it's beautiful right now. You know, in the daylight savings time, you, you know, uh, spring forward and all that just happened right this weekend. So, uh, right. It, it really is like spring has sprung here. I just went for like a, uh, a long run right before the show. Like, and, and dude, it's just beautiful. Like, uh, it's just like the, the lights hitting everything just right. All the, uh, as you uh-huh. can tell, I'm also like got hit by all the pollen in the spring. So like, I can't breathe. Uh, it's kind of the first oh, time no. it's happened to me. It might be the expiration date now that I'm almost 46 uh, is, you know, the warranty is finally out and I've got allergies going on. But uh, now it's, it's great, dude. It's uh, it, it may, everybody else under snow or tornadoes or whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with my, my fires and my earthquakes for this kind of weather. You know, I went up, I went out today to Sonora, um, which is uh, a little bit past Sonora, like 30 minutes past Sonora um, called uh, Phoenix, Phoenix Lake. I had to go out there and I did a vehicle for an older gentleman and uh, I'll post I'll actually post a video of, of his um, of what he did in his backyard. And when I was traveling out there, I was, you know, trying to take a glimpse of, of the drive, which is on 108. If you've never been on 108, it's a beautiful drive. You know, it's not too curvy. I mean, there's some curves here and there, but it's not that bad. OK, it's not like if you don't, you know, um, if you glance away, you can wreck. I mean, you probably could, but you know, I'm a hell of a driver. You know what I mean? I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a Lyft driver, Gabriel, but you know, I'm still a pretty, pretty, pretty good driver. And, uh, <laughs> but I, when I was going out there, I was like, man, this is so beautiful, you know, because uh, everything was green. And when I, the higher, you know, you go up, up in Sonora, there was a little bit of snow still, but it was still warm enough. And it was just super gorgeous. The lake was beautiful. And I was thinking to myself, because a lot of guys in the same business that I'm in, they're in the East Coast, and they still got to endure that cold, you know, the freezing cold out there. And I was just thinking to myself, well, that's why it pays for me to be in California. Oh, no doubt. Like, I've some of the drives here, though, speaking of dangerous, I was out at uh, – driving with Lake Tahoe, like w- during the fires and like when the smoke was like so bad, like we just, we had to escape. We were like, we, we need to like about 10 days in or ten, seven days in. And I was driving up there and we're like, let's drive around the lake. I, and I'd never done that before. There's this road on Lake Tahoe. That's like the most terrifying road. It's already pretty windy and everything. And, you know, locals are kind of pushing you from behind, you know, driving a little fast. And you're like, dude, I don't know right. this road. You know, I'm not trying to die. But there's this road that goes, like, it cuts down the middle of Lake Tahoe at one point. And so you're just, like, way up high in the air with nothing but death on either side of you. And it's like a two-lane road. <laughs> it's just fucking terrifying. Uh, I love the drive. The only time when like, you, right. 
but that's like the only time you really drive with both hands on on the on the steering wheel. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, ten and two, and just yeah. And we we like walked around for a while. My wife's like, "You want me to drive?" I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I do." As a matter of yeah, fact, yeah, I do. Yep. My wife's keeping the queen behind the wheel, you know. I'm I'm all right, but she's yeah, she's who you want in a rainstorm. No oh, man. But uh, oh, man. I digress. A lot of news. Uh, a lot of boxing news. We got uh, Triple G, Gennady Golovkin, who finally signed with the Zone. So that's some big news there. Also, we're also, obviously we're going to talk about. Oh wow. I don't know if you guys were able to hear that. Um, also, we're going to talk about this past yeah this past week in uh, fights. And then we're also going to be talking a little bit about the upcoming IBF welterweight championship fight between Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia. I want to hear you guys' pick. You're obviously going to hear our breakdown of the fight. But another news, Paulie Malnagy decided to come out of retirement. <laughs> Did you hear about this? He decided to come out of retirement and said, hey, um, I'm going to join the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championship. Now, if you're not familiar with that, I, I, I suggest you guys to go to YouTube and, and check it out. I, I was telling Gabriel, I've been watching it for like a year. And uh, I got to tell you, it's some pretty good stuff. Now, you're not going to have like the most skillful guys. It's, it's still like a little bit of a tough man competition deal. Um, but there are some guys on there that are actually pretty skillful because they end up starting late in boxing. So they didn't get the full experience of the amateur pedigrees, which you kind of really but, need if you want to go pro. There's only a few that, that, that jumped. Go ahead. When you say tough man, though, like, you know, people throw around that term, but like, weren't like tough men, like these guys weren't really training, at least in the early days of tough man, like they weren't really training for this event. Like it, it was no. more like spur of the moment, almost like the beginnings well, of no, UFC. They were. Although those guys were fighters. This seems like people train for bare right. knuckle, right? I mean, these guys aren't just right. dudes off the street. No, these guys are just not no slouches. You know, these guys actually know how to counter. They know how to move. Um, that's why I said they are far better. I mean, these guys are—they're obviously they're not going to be able to cross over right away and 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 make a a, a sudden impact, okay? But I tell you what, uh, well, in the in the boxing ring. They, they have the same rules, but I tell you what, when you watch their heavyweights or even like their cruisers, I don't think there's any cruisers if I don't remember correctly. I think there's heavyweights and then the middleweights and stuff. But if you watch them, far more advanced, skillful than like a Kimball Slice. So if you're thinking tough man competition, Kimball Slice, that's not where I'm going with. These guys actually are very competitive. Um, there are some very competitive fights, very entertaining fights. So I was a little surprised that Paul Imanagi wanted to make that. Well, actually, I wasn't. And, and the reason is, is because he's been chasing Conor McGregor for, what, the past two, three years after that sparring session they had between each other. And he got dropped and he got all, you know, kind of butt hurt about it because Conor and his team posted the video, which uh, you can dispute it whether or not he did get dropped by left hand or if he, he tripped over uh, Conor McGregor's leg. But I, I tell you what, if, if he was really looking to get a fight with Conor McGregor here, Gabriel, um, the only thing he really got to do is uh, take a picture of him because Conor McGregor's in trouble right now. He apparently reported by TMZ was uh, he took away a fan's phone and smashed it, destroyed it because the guy was trying to take a photo shot of him. So Paulie, if you're listening, that's all you really need to do. You don't have to go through the gruesome uh, um, um, bare knuckle fighting championship. Just walk up to him like you're a fan and take a picture. Yeah, I, I'm just wondering, you know, uh, how's he going to – isn't he kind of an older fighter? 
Like, wh- why, why embark <laughs> on a new... I don't know. I mean, think about this. Think about this, okay? I understand that he's trying to uh, uh, entice Conor McGregor to, to, to jump on that side of the fence, okay? Leave the UFC world and leave the boxing world and just come to the bare knuckle. I think he believes, and he, actually he was telling the, the founder of the bare knuckle, uh, promoter, uh, what is it, Danny Fieldman, that, that he feels that he can bring a, bring a big crowd. And even Fieldman said, well, we needed a name, from boxing so that fans would turn over. And I was just like, well, he's not really a name. I mean, th- here's the thing. He's got 30. Was Adrian games. Broner not available? Or, I guess or not. Where? I think Adrian Broner would have probably done a little bit better in, in, you know, in terms of promotion, you know, promoting. I mean, Paulie, Paulie can never have too much coffee in Malinaji. He's got a good mouthpiece, but sometimes he just rambles way too much. And his record, I mean, if you look at his record in boxing, it, it's good, but his KO ratio is, I mean, he's got seven KOs under 36 wins. He's been stopped. Uh, he's had, he has eight losses. He's been stopped five times. And, and, and if you really look at mostly of all the big fights he's had in boxing, Gabriel, he's never really overcame the big significant win. His two biggest wins was against uh, Juan Diaz back in 2009, and that was on the rematch. And then the second one was an over-the-hill Zab Judah in 2013. But everywhere, everybody else, from starting from 06 against Miguel Cotto, he lost in unanimous decision. Back with Ricky Hanna in 08, he lost to TK, on a TKO. Uh, he lost to Amir Khan in 2010 on TKO. Uh, split decision against Adrian Broner in 2013. Then with Sean Porter in 2014, he got stopped. Uh, you know, by Porter. Then after that, he got stopped by Danny Garcia in 2015. And then the latest is against uh, Sammy Aginton up in the OT arena, Greenridge. I mean, I don't understand how he thinks he's going to hold up to bare knuckles and and, and talk about hands. He says he has no concern about his hands. I'm not quite sure, you know, that's entirely true. You should be a little bit concerned. And you know, he is fighting some younger guys. So I, I kind of anticipate he has, what, two fights under the deal? I, I kind of anticipate he getting stopped in that first fight. Uh, and that's unless, you know, and that's that's because they, some of these guys are, you know, they do recognize the name Malinaji, and they're going to say, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm, I'm going to beat this guy, you know. Um, and it'll probably be the highest pay to, to face a Paul and Malinaji at their first event. Yeah, I don't know much about that organization or, or their pay scale or anything, but I'm just looking at the fact that you know he did get stopped against Eggington in March of 2017. Mm-hmm. He's been off, you know. Here we are, March 2019. He's 39 years old. He was already showing signs, although you know he put in a valiant effort against Broner, but that was 2013. You know, uh, yeah, all those other fights. I mean, Sean Porter pretty much blew him out. Uh, he didn't really look – he was kind of crafty, but, again, didn't look like himself against uh, Danny Garcia. No, uh, legs looked no, dead. He, he, yeah, and then he was able to rattle off wins, but, uh, you know, against uh, the Fiscas and uh, Masquetiello and uh, Bracero. But uh, at the same time, isn't that around the time that he got with Memo? Is that am – I, am I wrong? I, no, what I'm curious right. is here's a guy that, that's talked about – anti-doping and, and, you know, I'm a big proponent and I've talked about it for years and years and years, but he hasn't been about it for years and years and years. 
Um, I'd like to know what he was doing in that time off that makes him feel refreshed enough to enter into a different combat sport where, you know, there's going to be more damage because the gloves are smaller. Now people argue, uh, you know, like training in smaller gloves and fighting in smaller gloves, you don't hurt your hands as much because you, you, you know, you're, it's less of a crapshoot. I, I don't know how you feel about that. I, I, I train in, in tiny gloves, like four ounce gloves uh, and have for years. I, I feel that, that, that that's true, but, you know, I also don't have like real hands. Like I haven't broken my hands a bunch of times. There's a reason why he has seven knockouts is because, because of those hands. Um, you know, you know, it, 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 so I, I'm just curious what the thinking is. I mean, is he going to just outpoint people? Is that what he's looking to do? Is that possible? Well, that? I, that's just it. Like I said, you know, when, when, you know, part of your defense is you have, you know, eight ounce, 10 ounce, or, you know, gloves, and, and you're able to catch and pair. I mean, you know, it's a little bit more trickier. It's a little bit more, uh, you got to be a little bit more accurate. Reflexes got to really be there. Um, if you watch, if you watch those, those fights, those matches, you tend to think that they're going to be a little bit more reserved in throwing their punches. But in, in reality, these guys are hungry. You know, they didn't have that amateur pedigree. They didn't really have the, 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 the fans already scouting them out or a promoter having some belief in having the connections uh, with networks and, 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 and whatnot. Right. So these guys are really trying to put themselves out there. Um, it's, they're kind of saying it's, it's a young sport, but in reality it isn't. It's been around for, for hundreds of years, that type of style, it's been underground, um, but they're trying to get it as a trend now to be more, uh, being able to have more access to it because right now it's on pay-per-view. So it's really difficult for any fan, casual or hardcore to, to tune in. You can only catch them on YouTube. And that's when I've been catching them on. Uh, the Mexico versus USA was really good. Uh, there was a couple other bouts, even females were on there um, that you can go back and you could sit there and you could say, these guys got some skills. There's some skills there. But, you know, like I said, uh, if you put the contender, contenders, you know, that when that series against those guys, the majority of those, those guys in the contenders TV reality series is they're going to probably beat the majority of the guys in the bare knuckle at this moment. I could be wrong, um, but because it is getting this traction. And when it starts getting this traction and there's money to be made and um, – and like I said, if it's starting to get this buzz, uh, you could see a strong possibility that the pool for UFC or MMA or anything out there could start kind of getting shallow because people are making the jump to something that might be uh, more lucrative because they, they could see themselves with a big future in that. If those, if 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 the bare knuckles, as Fieldman said, that they are in talks with a network to now finally uh, tele- televise it here in the states, so that's. Still to be seen. We don't know. Huh. Well, that's about as much as I want to think about Paulie Malignaggi. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, definitely. I just, um, I'm just curious, you know, if Mr. Clean Sport's going to come to another sport and do some drug testing or if there's, you know, once again, there's not enough <laughs> money for it. Uh, there's, there'll be some other reason. Well, they're not, they don't do it in that league or there'll be some reason not to do drug testing at age 39 after two years off. You know, maybe uh, I'm just really curious, you know, about that. Maybe he didn't think about drug testing because, you know, it was a last minute thing. Uh, I always just think fighter, you he's know. He's chasing the dragon, man. That's what he's doing. He's he really obsessed the with that, that, that Conor McGregor fight, you know, and, 
You know, I think when, when, when me and you were talking about it uh, early this morning, and it, it was, I, you know, so true what you said. Um, it's not. It's definitely not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen. And it's definitely not going to happen if they're bare knuckle because they probably, unfortunately, they don't have the money. They don't have the money. They wouldn't be able to afford them. So the, the traction that they have now, it's good. Right now, what the, the notice that they're getting right now because of the announcement of Paul Imanagi, it's pretty good. But it's not one of those where you're going to see fans and myself or you that we're going to have a curiosity. That's about it. We're probably going to watch it once with him in it. But it's, it's not going to be one of these things where like, okay, this is it. I'll, you know, this is the jump now. You're not going to hear, oh, Bare Knuckles is going to kill boxing. That type of a trend that's going to happen from it. I don't think no. so. I could be wrong. No, no. I don't think so. Yeah. I, I you know. highly doubt that. I mean, <laughs> as, much as, as much as boxing is like, you know, exploding right now, it's a, it's a boom time for fighters. You know, I don't have any of my casual sports fan friends asking me about the fights. It hasn't, you know what I mean? It's not caught on as a sensation. So, uh, yeah, I don't see uh, Bare Knuckle doing that either. No, 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 like I said. Anyways, uh, let's, uh, we're going to be patching in uh, some, some listeners in a short bit here. We're going to actually go over uh, this past week in fights. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Spence and Garcia. Uh, Gabriel, do you want to do the introduction to last week's fights? Um, wow, was it really that exciting last week? Uh, we had, you know, Porter Ugas, um, it, 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 I thought it was a draw, you know, uh, it was not, it, it was like two guys that just were like, no, you lead, no, you lead. No, I want you yeah. to lead. Uh, let's crash into each other. Um, we guys had some nice stuff going on with his body work. Um, but the jab wasn't consistent enough. Porter is just like, he doesn't really quite know what he's supposed to be. I think, you know, and, and so he gets kind of stuck. It's not a consistent game plan. Uh, I think he forgot him. who he was supposed to be, to tell you the truth. I mean, he's known as a mauler. He's, to me, he's, he's like a little, uh, uh, a little pet bull. You know, once he grabs, he doesn't let go. And, and this time around, I don't know what him and his dad were thinking, but they, it, it looked like they decided to adopt Uga's style, which was be the counterpuncher. They waited a lot. Um, like you said, neither one of them wanted to lead, but I expected that with Ugas, not Porter. I expected Porter to try to go forward, try to, you know, be the little muscle that he he's, he has been in the past when he did it with Thurman, did it with Garcia, um, and when he did it with Malanaji, did it with a lot of folks. I didn't see that from him. I don't know. It's because maybe something, you know, maybe they're looking at longevity and they kind of figured, you know what, um, that style is not going to keep us going. We need to change it up a little bit. Or they were thinking Ugas is just that good of a counterpuncher, and we couldn't fall into a trap and get outboxed like they get against uh, Cal Brook. Well, there could be a third option. And that, you know, it's going to be hard for Sean to figure out who he is with somebody constantly harping on him every second of every sparring session or every training session. There's some point where a, I think a trainer or a teacher needs to let the student absorb all the lessons and kind of find himself within that. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sean's a two-time champion. Um, they certainly navigated the politics part of it and who to be with and how to get to those places. Um, and, you know, in those moments where it was, you know, on him to, to defend the title or to get the title, you know, he, he shined, you know, not so much in the Brook fight, but, but here, you know, um, and, 
but I just kind of wonder about that, you know, like that, that with Kenny always on him, the way I, I've watched that in person, that dynamic between them and, and just wondered if like, at some point, do you mature past that and go, this is as far as I can go with this style. Like, how do I even, you know, I don't know. It, it was kind of a weird moment in, in the fight where I thought Kenny should have been on Sean to like get things going. But like Sean was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hear you. I hear you. It was kind of like this weird moment. It was um, weird, man. It was weird, you know? Right. And uh, it just made me yeah. think of that. I'm like, is this as far as they've gone? Like, is this as far as they can go? I mean, they, they got the win. I didn't think they won. And I certainly didn't think uh, they won by eight, four, which was on no. one of the cards. Um, no. But like I said, they, they mastered the, the politics part of it. Um, yeah, that was kind of grim. But, you know, I, I just thought the fight was pretty forgettable. I slept like a baby that night. Um, the card overall, I don't know. What do you think? I think the card overall, everything, it was just like uh, I was on cruise control, to tell you the truth. Uh, I was falling out of the fight, doing other things, going back. Uh, I paid attention to the, you know, Porter and Ugas, but I just, it, to, like I said, it. Uh, I even said it on my uh, on Twitter. I was like, but neither one of them really stole the show. Neither one of them really showed me that they wanted it more. Um, and the challenger should have went for it, should have saw the urgency. Uh, you know, he should have understood that, that Porter was not going to go after him, that he needed to be the initiative. And he didn't do it. So I'm not upset that Porter got the win. I thought it was a draw just like you. And I think a lot of folks out there that watched that on Saturday night, I, they thought it was a draw. But I'm not upset that they, they gave it to Porter because, to me, you got to go out there and it got to be convincing, you know. And it just wasn't convincing for me to go, oh, well, Porter lost this fight. Yeah, I didn't feel he lost. I, it, I felt like a draw would have been more, more uh, fair just because I felt like um, – well, I, I just didn't feel either guy took the whole fight, but there were moments where one guy was in control and the other guy was in control. And I felt I felt like Ugas was making Porter fight his fight a little bit more. But And I did think that there was a knockdown late late in the fight that wasn't called. Um, right. You know, um, and so, yeah, I, I just thought that, I don't know, I, I was more excited about what Ugas was doing and, and kind of nullifying Porter into these moments where he was just moving around, moving around, and then he would kind of come forward and attack and he'd, he'd land some stuff, but I thought it was Ugas who, who landed the better shots. I mean, but it was, again, it was like few and far between. It wasn't like you said, he didn't seize the title. I'm not a big, you got to take it from the champion. But um, for me, it was like, it was not good enough for him to be circling the champion and going, well, he's not doing anything. So it must be because I'm so great. You know? Well, to me was, I agree with you. You know, um, I had the sense that he was like, well, I have it in the bag. And I, I, I'm done just enough so that it can sway my way. And, I, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, you see the champion working to try to still get that win um, a bit, you know. And, and, if, and if I'm sitting back and I'm a judge, I'm, I'm going to kind of go, well, who really wants it more? Or who wants to retain it more? It was just really weird. I mean, like I said, it was almost as if none of them – like it was almost as if the first round they felt each other's punch and they decided to back off, you know, and just kind of give you little spurts here and there, and nobody decided to really take a dive into the deep end, 
they wanted to be safe, and, and, and it, was, it just turned out to be a recipe of being a very terrible fight, rather than a fight that a lot of us were hoping that we were going to get, you know, either an upset or, or some leather being exchanged. You know, Porter has never been the most um, watchable fighter. You know, a lot of fans have complained about him. Um, I've actually enjoyed Porter, but I didn't see Sean that night. I just didn't see him. Are you on mute, Gabriel? Uh, other fights. Gotta have it once. You, uh, Gotta have it once uh, on leaving the ring. Just once. You know? Just once. <laughs> just once. I'm doing too many things behind the scenes. I don't want people to hear it on the clicks and things. Um, Abel Ramos and uh, Francisco Santana uh, with a co-feature on the PBC on Fox. Uh, what, did you check that one out? Did you see that fight? I did see it. There was some good action in it. Yeah. It was good yeah, Ramos, you know, he got dropped in the second round off a left hook, uh, you know, got up. Uh, charged back and and uh, it just really you know uh, it took the fight to Francisco Santana but both guys fought like you know they needed this win which uh, you know Ramos is 24-3 and two with 18 KOs Santana is 25-7 and one with 12 KOs they they need this win you know uh, so it was, it was just nice to uh, that was just a good solid fight um, that's what that's so, how Porter and Uga should have fought you know what I mean like they need this win yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's no, the, well, the, you know, but when you don't need the win because you haven't, you know, you don't fight that often and you get paid really well not to fight that often, um, maybe those are the results. Maybe even, you know, I mean, think about it. Sean was like 148.8 at the weigh-in. He was, you know, well over the welterweight limit. And um, it had this uh, performance that was a little bit off, a little bit listless. And you go, well, when you don't fight but once a year, uh, you're playing Russian roulette with the weight, particularly as you get older. Um, but also, you're playing Russian roulette with the performance because you don't perform mm-hmm. that often. You know, yep. who's going to be good when you don't? You know, if Tom Brady played one game a year, he probably wouldn't be as good. Well, maybe Tom Brady's a, a bad example, but uh, because if, if Belichick had a game for one game, it would probably be very good. But but uh, but you get my point. You know, you got to do things. Right. You got to be in rhythm. Um, Speaking of, fighting, uh, you, know, you know, go ahead. Just really quick, let me put my thought. You know, fighting is just not fighting. You know, I think a lot of folks sometimes, uh, you know, I, I, Porter, okay, Porter to me is a gym rat kind of kid. You know, he goes in there, he trains, he trains. But when you're fighting once or twice a year, like you just mentioned, you know, sometimes re- being repetitive gets get boring. You know, sometimes your body doesn't, re- you know, uh, live up to the excitement of fight night. Because it's in that training mode still, you know, and and I, I truly believe that fighters always need that little bit of a shock value. They need that umph behind them. They need that, you know, uh, um, certain challenge. And if you're sitting out and you're just going to the gym and you're just kind of waiting for your advisor, your your management team to to come along one day and say, hey, we got a fight for you six months from now, blah, blah, blah. Um, you get excited for the moment, but then you're still, you're, you know, you're still, your body's still waiting. Your mind may be up for it, but your body may be tired out. There is a thing of overtraining sometimes, and it looks like Porter might have done that a bit. Well, he didn't overtrain enough because he came in overweight. Uh, but yeah, you know, it could true. be his body, his body shutting down. You know, you you used to, you know, oh, I get to, you know, eight pounds and I drop down or whatever, and all of a sudden that doesn't work. You know. Um, just rounding out that card, uh, Nigerian heavyweight prospect F.A. Ajagba uh, gets to 9-0 and with uh, eight KOs 
with uh, just a total just beat down of uh, of coming off a KO loss, uh, which he was fighting for like a vacant, you know, WBC international heavyweight title, which you're like, it was like the second time he'd fought for it. Like, why is this guy fighting for it? A jogba just went right through him in in two rounds. It was, it was pretty brutal. Uh, He put him down twice in the first round, was unable to to finish him off. But, um, you know, these kind of fights, you have to start worrying about a guy. Uh, You know, what do you need to see him start getting knocked down? Uh, you know, because Mansoor quits on his stool after the second round. Uh, I, I don't need to see him just get totally obliterated. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes you gotta just put a guy out to pasture. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, and uh, you know, one Carlos Payano uh, picked up a, a, a unanimous decision win, blowing out uh, Damian Vasquez uh, and uh, Imantas uh, Staniosis stayed undefeated uh, with an eight-round decision over Sammy Figueroa. But uh, you wanted to talk about uh, that other card, uh, Dimitri Bivol, uh, over on the Zone on Saturday night. Uh, he just He keeps his title, um, and and you know Bivol, I, I think you know he looked very good. Didn't take any unnecessary shots until deep in the fight when he eats a right hand. And actually, he got buzzed a little bit early on too, like around the he fifth did. round, I want to say, uh, by the same kind of right hand. Um, it was pretty lucky that it, it happened at the bell. And there was, you know, he had to kind of reset a bit. Um, both times he was able to really handle it. You know, he kind of just came in close the first time he got buzzed and tied up and just boxed and moved and uh, really showed his class in that. But uh, um, what did you think about it? You know, I feel for Smith, man. I really like Joe Smith Jr., um, but I feel for him. You know, the one thing is that when you're just a part-time fighter and uh, or, you know, you don't have the necessary – you're not necessarily given the tools, the right tools to get in there. You know, you, your powers pretty much is what got you to that point where you're at. You know, um, he, he clipped, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't have a jab. He doesn't know how to cut off the ring. Uh, he really doesn't know how to set up his power punch. And you could, you could really get that sense of frustration. And I was kind of frustrated for him. I was like, man, you know, I feel bad for him because these are things that should have been worked out in the gym. These are things that your trainer should have been working with you from the get-go. And, you know, I think he's finding out about himself a bit here is that he can be easily outboxed. Um, but he, he, the one thing that I, I like about him, I think a lot of fans fell in lo- that, you know, love about him is his heart. But we've said this many times on leaving the ring, you know, heart doesn't always win fights. You have to have some type of skill to win the fight. And he just couldn't, he really just couldn't find any kind of rhythm. He didn't, he didn't have any jab. Um, he didn't even know how to slow down Dimitri. I mean, he didn't want to go to the body. And then when he got him hurt, he didn't know how to, you know, shorten up the ring to trap him. And most of the times when he did get him hurt, it was at the end of the round. But, you know, Dimitri came out and he was still a little, you know, buzz, uh, especially that last time uh, we got caught right behind the head. And, you know, uh, Smith, man, just just couldn't get his claws all on him. So it's kind of sad. I, I, but I tell you what, I still like to see Smith uh, again. Uh, I'm just not sure if he's going to want to see himself back into the ring. Yeah, uh, you know, he is, he's a very special, you know, very specific fighter, I should say, um, Joe Smith Jr. But I also think that, that Bivol, you know, he might leave a little bit to be desired in the firepower department. He may not have that, that eraser 
And you may not have that kind of speed to set up a shot that catches you when you're not looking. Um, but what he is is very consistent. Um, and he's got excellent footwork. He won that fight with his – and those moments of being hurt with his feet. You know, he took shots that, that would have maybe knocked out other guys or knocked them down. And he was clearly very buzzed. But he was able to just kind of dance and move and, and um, um, no, I'm actually – so I don't have to text this. I'm actually hearing every time I talk, I hear myself again. Hmm. And an echo. It's really weird. I don't know why. Um, I don't hear an echo. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's going to drive me insane by the end of these two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah. Anyway, so uh, about the you know I just I love his footwork. I love you know the thing that we celebrate kind of in Mikey Garcia that ability to to have the right range and and to be kind of floating and moving um, and very economical. Dimitri Bivol does the same thing. I think. I like him too. You know, I, I see that the <laughs> boxing Twitter is very harsh on him. You know, uh, they want a little more out of him. You, you know, here's the thing is that when you get spoiled with a triple G, and I saw that, he's not going to be another, he's not going to be triple G. And he's not, I'm like, you know, guys, here's the thing though, is the, the sensational knockouts that Gennady Golovkin was getting, and I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this, but was really against smaller guys or guys that were kind of really out the door. Um, because when the Triple G finally stepped up, the guy that were, that I was always told that he was going to knock out uh, immediately once he put gloves on them, uh, he didn't do it. Danny Jacobs and uh, Canelo. So I like the performance from Dimitri. I think he understands that. Look, I got power, but power is not going to always save me. And 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 with Joe Smith Jr., you you. It's, that's a perfect example. He need he needed footwork. He needed a jab. He needed body work. He needed to know how to cut off the ring because the power didn't get him out of that fight. Didn't get the win for that fight. So I no. I and Joe really Smith has got an iron jaw. I mean, dude. And, yeah. He, dude, he took some dude. shots and, and some combinations of shots, and he just still was like just even body shots, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even body shots. I mean, the guy is the guy's a brick. You know, I, 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 if anybody should go over to the bare knuckle fighting championship, it's him. You know, <laughs> I mean, wow. Um, but yeah, it's what a performance from um, from uh, Dimitri uh, uh, Bivol. I, 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 I like to see what he's gonna do next. Um, I, I think that fans need to kind of just calm down about him and not criticize him so much. Allow him to slowly, uh, uh, you know, gradually just kind of – I don't know about you, but do you get the sense that he's still trying to figure out exactly where he wants to be in his boxing career? Bivol? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I Bivol? think, you know, he's, 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 he's looking – or Bivol, I, I'm not, you know, exactly sure. Um, you know, he's uh, – I think he's game to fight anybody. I think they're they're looking, you know, they they want a unification. I think there's big money in that. Um, you know, he's fighting in the same universe as Sergey Kovalev. I think that's a hell of a fight. But I think you're right that the, he he understands. I'm trying to build a career, and and you know, when I when he gets to these big fights, he wants to be ready. And there's no there's no shame in that. No, like I'm gonna go. I might go 12 rounds. You know, this guy's got a dangerous right hand. He he now learned, you know, that it ain't over until you're sitting on your stool. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, or you have your hand raised in victory. But he took a right hand. It was like at the last minute, he put his hands down. He was in kind of a no man's land, and boom, he gets hit. Um, but I'd like to see him against anybody at the top. Um, 
I think, you know, uh, Oleksandr Gavodnik, he, he might be better. Um, but, you know, Kovalev also looks rejuvenated, looks in very good shape, looks ready, you know, for a few more fights. And that guy's got real power uh, and still has some nice wheels. And he's got experience uh, that, that the others don't quite have. So uh, I think any any sort of combination right now would, you know, be vol. I think, you know, it's going to be one for us and one for, for, for them, for a lot of the fighters, you know, that, that are on uh, – on any of the networks at this point, you know? So what's uh, next is, you know, maybe looking at his, uh, his mandatory, which is Marcus Brown. I'm not sure when it's going to be due though. That's, that's, yeah, that's the question that, that I have, but you know, going with Bivol and his performance tells me two things. One is that he can take a hit himself. He got rattled. Uh, he was able to recruit yeah. and gather himself back together. But the other thing is he didn't struggle with a Joe Smith Jr. Even after feeling the power, he stayed composed and he, he, he stuck to his game plan. And he didn't really, uh, you know, shy away. After, you know, because after you get buzzed that first time, you get, you see some fighters tend to kind of just kind of hold back. They start to be a little bit more cautious. They're not really trying to be as fluent because they don't want to be there too long to be, you know, hit back. Um the Volch, to me, showed me he's got a little bit of that fire in him where, he, you okay, you got me, then I'm going to try to get you back, you know? A little bit of that Eric Morales in him, you know? Um, you know, hit me, I'm going to hit you back. So there was a little bit of everything that I saw with him uh, and that I enjoyed and I liked. You know, the one thing you could say, though, he was in complete control of every, every round. The only time he didn't was when he did get buzzed a little bit, but it was immediately – he took over, you know, and kind of erased the fact that he was buzzed and even made uh, Joe Smith be on the retreat. Yeah, that's, that's the mark of a real, you know, special fighter is a guy that he just didn't get rattled by it. He got hurt, you know, especially the one where he got hit at the bell and you could see him kind of stand there. But even that it was like, I'm trying not to give away how hurt I really am. Right and you could see yeah. him kind of gather himself and just move back to the corner. He was he was pretty jacked up. You know, uh, but that, oh, he was walking that back to the really, corner like he he was walking back to that corner like he already had six beers and he was still going. You know, going back to the yeah. bar and ordering another one. <laughs> yeah, he's like Coach Larry trying to prove to the bartender that he, he's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was. I, I was very impressed by that. Those are the things you want to find out about a guy. You know, and a Joe Smith Jr. is, is a perfect style for him. So it was a great, great matchup for, for Bivol, you know. That I guy's so going to ask you some, some questions that uh, hopefully you have the right answers for. And he did, you know. Yeah, he definitely, definitely did. Fight fans, you want to call in, you certainly can. 347-215-7598. Uh, let's bring up this Saturday at the Arlington uh, AT&T Stadium. Spence, 29 years old. Mikey Garcia, 31. Spence is a southpaw. Garcia is orthodox. Uh, Spence is three and a half inches taller than Mikey Garcia. And uh, let me see. Uh, a few guys tweeted out to me. Mr. Blue, 323. He has, he's got Spence, but he's really hoping Garcia shakes the, shocks the world. Tommy Boxeo is saying, I'm going with Garcia. I've actually had a few people on Leaving Ring Gmail that truly are, they, they're, they're trying to convince me, Gable, that they believe Mikey Garcia can pull up, pull up the, uh, pull off the upset. Uh, they listened to our, our, what's our comeback show. And they were like, man, I liked everything you guys were saying, 
But I, 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 I'm, am I drinking the Kool-Aid? Is the Kool-Aid too, too strong, too thick here to believe Mikey Garcia can pull this off? Well, you know what? It's a fight, and they're fighting for the IBF welterweight title. You know, here's the one thing, though, and, and I, I, I understand why some folks are, are kind of leaning with Mikey Garcia, and I've said this before. Uh, Mikey is the pure boxer. He's the more, you know, to me, he's the more proven guy. Uh, you look at his resume, okay? Uh, Spence biggest wins is, uh, you know, in, in, in 2015, uh, in April, 2015, it was Sammy Vargas. He got a TK over. Okay. Uh, his other kind of significant win was against Phil Agreco uh, on a TKO who Khan, Amir Khan killed in the first round. Then after that, in May, 2017, it was against Kel Brook. He got the KO, but you know, some could argue that Brook went in there already as damaged goods, you know. And January of 18, uh, 2018, he went against Lamont Peterson, Gabriel. And Peterson's best win was in December, was back in December uh, 2011, and that was against Amir Khan. You know, but then if you look over and you look at Mikey's Garcia, which is very stacked and, 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 and it's the better resume, but Sergey Lipnitz, Lipnitz uh, in March 3rd of 2018 really busted up and, 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 and made Mikey Garcia uh, uh, look like he was in a, uh, you know, in a scuffle there. You know? So I look at that, and then I'm looking at Spence, and I'm wondering if, if, if Lipnitz can do that, don't you think Spence can do far more worse? Yeah, and you know, um, there's a few points there to be to be looked at. But yeah, I mean, Lipinitz was five seven, sixty seven inch reach. You know, uh, Mikey is is uh, as you point out, he's five six, sixty eight inch reach. He's got long, kind of long arms and kind of a wide chest, um, and he fights in that kind of side, you know, classic boxing style. He gets the most out of his reach, um, and you know, Spence is five nine and a half, seventy two inch reach. Um, you know he's a little bit of a different style than than Lipinitz, but but still um, he's a bigger guy, naturally bigger guy. Uh, it's going to be you know a southpaw. Mikey's you know got a nice straight right hand, lead right hand, good left hook, and those are excellent weapons against a southpaw. And he has a a good jab, which you know uh, and, and you know one um, one of the he's just one of the very best at, at at finding his range naturally and keeping it, knowing how to get you on the end of his punches. Um, He's also a very good defender of body shots, which is a, a big part of Errol Spence's game, is game, body yep. shots. I'm very curious to see how they're going to be on the inside. I know Errol's going to you know, probably want to crowd come forward, uh, you know, attack to the body, and, and push Mikey back uh, and kind of control him. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm curious because Mikey's no slouch on the inside. Hmm. Um, Go ahead. You know, when I think about the body shots, and I thought about it a lot this past week, okay, what Spence does, and that's one of his, his, his best punches when he does go to the body. He likes to throw with that straight left of his, straight down. Um, but if you look at the guys that he's done it, they've been kind of stationary. They're kind of dead on their legs, you know. They have older legs. He did it with Lamont. Lamont, you know, has kind of threw away his his – beginning trait of when he started his boxing career, which was he was known as a, as a cutie boxer. And he converted into something different. He became very flat-footed, want to come forward and bang it out with you because he wanted to be entertaining. He didn't want to be labeled as a boring fighter. Uh, Mikey Garcia 
is not one of those guys that stands in front of you. He creates angles. He 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 knows how to set set up openings for his straight right. That's one thing that you point out. He has a beautiful right hand, and I love how intelligent he is. He never really kind of you know does it. He he never really throws that right hand in one one stance. He he kind of creates different ways of dropping the straight right, you know, in between the gloves or around the gloves. Um, that, to me, I wonder if he's able to do that early on, because I believe that Spence is probably going to try to go to the body because their thought is, well, he had a gain weight. He had to pack on pounds to move up, right? So the more the most logical thing is to go to that body, try to soften it up and, and yeah, you know, as we say in boxing, let the air out of the tires. But if he's if 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 Mikey is able to still be you know very intelligent and be able to pivot and move and not be so stationary, I I tend to believe Gabriel that we're not going to see that many body shots from Spence. Yeah, I just this fight could. Is there a way this fight could be boring? Yeah, it could be if one guy comes out and doesn't live up to the hype and the performance, which I think a lot of folks are leaning toward Mikey Garcia because of the weight difference and the height difference. It could be very dominant. It could be a short night for Mikey Garcia. It could have been a great attempt when bringing it up. But, you know, come fight night, it's a fight. We're going to find out if the if the, the great little man can live up to the good big man. You know, that's the only way I can see this could be boring. But if Mikey comes in in in, in shape and really can handle the 147 pounds that are, you know, the, the added pounds that he's going to be getting, which is what? Uh, he's what? He's 135, so he's jumping 12 pounds up. Um, and, you know, how do they do it? Is it muscle? Is it fat? Is it a mixture of both? That's I think that's the more more thing that I'm kind of concerned and wondering about. But style wise, this should make up for a really fun fun fight. I think so. I, I think they're going to match up well. I think there's bad blood, and I think within the PBC universe, you know, it's never been clear who the next Floyd was. You know, within that Heyman universe, um, they all came out in their suits for those initial you know uh, PBC promos and. Like no one's really become the ruler of the roost. And like, you know, all of us have kind of, many of us or people I respect uh, have treated Errol Spence like he's the class of the division because we all believe that he is, but he hasn't proved right. it. Like you, no. you aptly pointed out, I, I love the breakdown of his, of, his, of his record. You could say you could do that about anybody, but, but this is Errol Spence, he, you know, the truth. Uh, he's 29 years old, which is kind of trippy because you, when you look at his record, you're like, when were they planning to kick it into like dangerous territory and start carving out greatness for the young man who's now almost 30? Um, yeah. It, the mirage, you know, the, mirage, you know, the curtain could, it could definitely be pulled uh, from Sparrow. But this uh, was also uh, the year yeah. what Tito and Oscar were 29 when they faced each other or 28 when they faced each other, something like that. This right. is also when you kind of in your, in your prime, but you know, he's fought 19 rounds since 2017, Kell Brook, Lamont Peterson, Carlos Acampo, one round in a year, basically, or in nine months. But that's not the buildup to a prime, you know, I right. mean, you're you know what I mean? It, it, and you look at Mikey yeah. and, he, and he, but he, you know, he fought uh, 39 rounds heading up into this fight from 2017. 
uh, Zatikchanin, which he went through like in three rounds, like super fast. Like I didn't expect that. I thought, uh, you know, the, the Zatikchanin would give him a little bit of trouble, but he didn't at all. It looked like a monster at 135. Then he fought Adrian Broner, and uh, I thought it was, you know, very clear who the superior man was there. Uh, and the Lipinitz fight, though, you know, but Mikey got hit a bit. Uh, but the Lipinitz fight, yeah, like you're right, he got roughed up. The Robert Easter Jr. fight, not so much. He kind of found not his so foot much. again. But, you know, again, that was a lightweight fight. Um, and Robert Easter's a big guy that, that also doesn't fight that often. Um, what do these guys all have in common? But uh, and doesn't fight tall. <laughs> and doesn't fight tall. But are those, you know, let's even just say those two wins last year versus what Errol Spence did last year, uh, you know, Lamont Peterson and Carlos Ocampo, uh, you know, at least Lipinitz was at his own weight and Robert Easter was at his weight. Those are much more quality wins. And so like, based on that, it's hard to pick against Mikey Garcia in the experience department and, and in the battle tested department. He's gone into other people's territory, you know, their, their divisions and taken their belts um, and then unified. Um, but, uh, but this fight right here, you know, uh, it may just be a step too far, especially looking at the damage, like the bleeding of, of the nose, just that, that he was able to be touched a little bit more. It was a little more sedentary. How much do you think the snack training is going to do for him in this fight? Now that he's training down at like, you know, Victor Conte's place. I didn't watch any of it. I, you know, wasn't invited down uh, to see any of it. Uh, I've seen the photos of him, you know, super ripped. Um, and I know what they do in terms of, you know, it's oxygen um, modulation training, uh, you know, in, in, in that, you know, they, they simulate high altitude or um, uh, they kind of hyper oxygenate you, kind of putting the wind behind your sails while doing sprints and different, you know, different exercises, band work, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, plus Olympic, uh, I think like Olympic powerlifting as well. They've added right. in the last year, year two. Um, they've been doing so Mikey's getting kind of like Marquez was the first time I say kind of and lean heavily on the kind of uh, but the first time that he went to like a strength and conditioning coach and stopped doing boxing training but actually doing you know uh, something out of the box as it were Uh, and so his body's really responded because he's in the prime of his life but uh, will that translate into the ring will he be able to be is that going to like a more active fighter is that going to what does he need to do? Like, say he's super strong. What does he need to do to beat Errol Spence? I think like, he's not all going to work beat. together. Right. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah, I agree. I, you know, is Snack from Victor Conte going to help him? Well, I, I think that's a debut for, for, for Victor as well, you know, because uh, we don't really know, um, you know, because this, like I said, this is a major jump. You know, I've always said this, that science is good, but with boxing, not only do you need science for your body, you you need to have that IQ and that skill level. Well, Mikey has all that. So now the question is, is the science going to really help out Mikey move up, you know, move up to that division and be a force at the 147 weight limit? That's to be seen. I would seen. say this, from what mm-hmm. I've seen over the years, you know, and I've watched them, I watched that facility be built um, and watched a lot of the early stuff at the uh, Undisputed gym when they just had like a couple hypoxicators. Now it's like a full gym. Uh, he gave himself the best chance, I think, physically by going to that, that place because it's designed for fighters to maximize themselves, you know? Um, and they're not like weightlifting guys. They, they do 
some stuff. I mean, I, I've never really watched them do the Olympic powerlifting, so I can't really talk about that. But uh, I've watched Remy and the track training and, and watched guys kind of have a, a progression. This is Mikey's first camp there, and so I wonder, you know, you're going to get a lot out of it, but you're not as much as if you'd have been, this is your third fight and you're right. ramping up to welterweight. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. curious. Like, I remember interviewing Birdo. He did his camp with Victor for Jan Zavik, that first camp. And um, it was like, I think it ended in the sixth round, but he said, like, it was like I, I had more energy than I realized, and I, it was kind of wild, you know? It was like, like driving a sports car for, like, the first time and not quite knowing how it all worked. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see how that'll be. But Mikey's one of the calmest, most relaxed fighters in the game, almost like James Tony, like that, out there. Uh, so I'm, I'm curious to see how it all translates. You know, is his motor going to allow him to throw more punches and will having a better motor make him get over his inclination to not throw a lot of punches, but only throw them when, you know, they're see, that, perfect. That, that, that right there is a big, <clears throat> that, cause you know, I'm on the fence and honestly, it just made me now, what you just said, made me lean more towards picking Mikey Garcia. And I'm going to tell you why, because the one hardest thing to master in boxing is, being very calm collective okay and if the more more calm you are the more you're going to be able to see what's coming at you um yeah we got a bunch of calls we'll let them in right now i'm just going to say my final thought we're going to patch in some fight fans here on leaving the ring um five fans you want to call in three four seven two one five seven five nine eight mikey to me is going to be the more calmer guy coming into the fight even though this is a big challenge and this is a big fight First pay-per-view he's going to be, uh, um, you know, on that he's headlining, but and 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 my tra- and what I'm thinking and how I'm looking at it is the one that has the more pressure is going to be Spence Jr. Why? Because he's going to be facing a smaller guy, but who has more I- ring IQ than him, who has more of a better resume, proven resume than he does. Um, I think the pressure's on him and how well he looks and how explosive and how dominant. He's supposed to look and be on Saturday night. So who comes in with more of the nerves uh, behind them? I would have to lean that Spence does. And who's coming in going, well, if I get beat, I got beaten by a better big welterweight guy where this is not a division I belong in. I'm going to have to say that Mikey goes in with more of a clear thought process and game plan than then Spence is going to go in. I think Spence can actually over, be overly confident and try to go out there thinking he's going to blast him out of there, or he can overthink the match and have a, 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 a game plan that's not going to work for him, where he, where he all of a sudden doesn't be himself. He doesn't come out being Spence Jr., Anyway, fight fans, you well, want to go in? That's, that's, go I have to rebut that. That's really a great point. <laughs> I, uh, no, I just think it's, it's, this is the moment. We're going to find out if he's a star. He's at home. It's harder to, to defend than it is to come in and attack. There's going to be a lot of Mexican fight fans there are going to go crazy for Mikey coming in there and, and, and taking uh, the title from the Texan, Errol Spence Jr. It's, can you defend at home? Can you deal with all the people trying to get tickets and get at you? It's a lot easier to like come with your tiny team and invade, you know? So we're going to find out, man. Yeah, we definitely are. Five fans, you want to call in 347-215-7598. 
here on Leave the Ring with myself, Dave Duenas, and Mr. Gabriel Montoya. Gabriel, let's patch in the first caller here on Leave the Ring. All right, then. You haven't even seen what I signed in as yet. Uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> 787, uh, you're live on Leave It in the Ring. You've been waiting a long time. Thank you. Uh, yo, what up, Dave? What up, Gabe? Hey, what's up? Who is this? Uh, it's Rob from Puerto Rico. Hey, Rob. Rob. What's How up, you brother? Doing? How you been, man? Viva Puerto Rico. Been good, good. Just uh, decided to call in after a long time. <laughs> but, Appreciate um, it, brother. Yeah, I hear you guys talking about... I hear you guys talking about Errol Spence and... Uh, Mikey, um, I haven't been following all of boxing, but I've been keeping my eye on this fight in particular because it's it's prime versus prime, and you don't get that too often these days. Right. Um, I think the chips are kind of lined up in Mikey's favor here. Um, I think Mikey's better at setting traps, and the fight's not going to start inside the pocket. I think Spence is going to have to get there a lot, and I don't think uh, Mikey's going to stay stand still. But one thing I've noticed about Spence that's changed recently is his attitude. Um, there's been like four or five videos of him at events drunk, and I don't know. Like, I, it's he's acting weird lately. I, I think it's Terrence Crawford getting to him. I think Terrence Crawford is taking a lot of attention um, from from uh, Errol Spence's career, and I think Errol Spence might have his sights set on Terrence Crawford more than this fight. He's underestimating uh, Mikey a lot. Every time he talks about him, all he brings up is the size difference. And I don't think that the size is going to be enough to win the fight because I don't think that the fight is primarily going to take take uh, place on the inside a lot. So I'm leaning towards Mikey. I'm more worried about bad judging. If this fight is taking place in Texas, I'm more worried about bad judging, but I'm leaning towards good Mikey point. a lot right now. Good point, man. Yeah, two really good points. There being in Texas, for one, um, two is that the height difference. I don't. I, I'm. I, I'm starting to believe it, it isn't going to make a big difference because if you look at when Spence does jab to the body, he squats and he reaches. And when you talk about how Mikey sets up traps, that's going to be perfect pitch. If that's perfect picture for him, it's going to be an open, open area for him to drop his right hand, his move away from the body shot and drop that right hand. That's why I kind of believe that it's going to really. It's gonna really uh, change the 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 body punching uh, output that Spence likes to put out there. I think that that's gonna be taken away if Mikey, if the Mikey Garcia we've seen at 135 comes in and is comfortable at a heavier weight. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I also think uh, Mikey right now, being that he's in his prime, being that he's. Uh, you know, he's just young, and, and he's he has a lot of confidence. He's poised, as Gabriel stated earlier. I think he's definitely going to be able to perform better at pinpointing and choosing when to exchange than Kel Brook did. I think Kel Brook got caught up in the moment and let a good opportunity to win in that fight leave. Um, I don't think that's going to happen with Mikey. I think Mikey's going to carry more power than Kel Brook did, and I think he's just going to choose when to exchange better. But... There's a lot of questions about Mikey. Is he going to hmm. have the heart if that fight gets ugly? We don't know. So hmm. that's the only question I have going into the fight. Those are good points. I mean, I, I tend to think the way I know Victor approaches things, um, he's all involved at this point with how he's going to make weight, what that's going to be like. Um, they're going to have Mikey optimized on the on the night of the fight. You know, uh, they do this whole 
supplementation thing. This is where Victor started in, in sports, uh, at least in sports, quote unquote, medicine um, is, uh, you know, in the, in the supplementation business was this whole, uh, you know, uh, taking the athlete's blood, breaking it down and finding out what they needed and, and kind of designing a supplementation pro, uh, program specifically for that person. Uh, but then they also have these kind of fight night packs that they take um, that are all specifically timed to, to kind of hit you, I guess, in the fight and carry your energy over. Uh, I don't know how the, the Texas commission will, you know, uh, they've, they've been doing it for all, all those fighters. I imagine it's fine with them and they register all this stuff, but uh, Mikey has all that behind him and just kind of like the Victor is like all about like a positive vibe. He's got this guy that, that's basically just treating him like a gladiator. He's got a, a running coach who also does his weights. Um, they do, you know, deep tissue massage. And then they've got this crazy, uh, you know, oxygen training gym uh, where they're doing all these sprints and, and, you know, probably boxing in, in, in high altitude and shit. Uh, it's, it's, it's really something. I, I think Mikey's got the wind at, at his back right now. Um, it's, it's Errol Spence. Yeah. All the pressures on him because he's supposed to win on top of it. But I really like your breakdown of, of the fighting styles and that, that Mikey's going to make the most of, of those exchanges. Cause he does have kind of the shorter punches in a sense. So he's more set up for that kind of a fight, quick exchanges, tie up, and break up, but we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm still leaning towards Spence because he's just the bigger guy, the natural heavyweight, uh, and I, I like southpaws. And he's used to fighting righties, whereas Mikey's got to adjust. Well, let me ask you this, yeah. Rob: Are you buying the pay per view, or where are you gonna watch it at? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay I'm gonna pay for entry at a bar, so I'm gonna kind of pay, but I'm not gonna buy the pay per view directly. Right. Gonna I'm go gonna to go, go bar, to the movie a few theater. drinks. Yeah, I'm going to the movie. Theater. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you guys yeah. are in the states, yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's you know, the way over to here. Too. Over here in the island, over here in the island, I don't think they're gonna have it in theaters. But I'll, I'll, I could check. I, don't, I haven't even looked at that yet. <laughs> but um, yeah, I've, I've I was actually decided. gonna ask you guys really quick. Sure. Um, do, would you guys agree that Ter- that Terrence Crawford is would be a favorite going into the fight against against Errol? I I agree. I, I would I would because have to say yes. So, because if uh, so, from from us perspective of him being the favorite, if so, by how much? Because let's say let's say Mikey wins. Let's say let's say it you know he gets the upset, he wins. How much of an underdog would Mikey then be going into a fight against Terrence? You know, does that does that kind of erase? people's doubts of Mikey at welterweight or at light welterweight, you know, where, where does, oh, where does Spence's beats, size carry him? If he beats Spence, then, then you can say he can compete at welterweight. Then you kind of go, mm-hmm. he might be like a Pacquiao that he's kind of a, you know, it depends on what he comes in okay. on, uh, on the night. I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to come in all the way at 47 or if he's going to be at like, you know, 46, 45. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, What's what's his optimum? And he's just a guy fighting at his optimum weight, not having to cut all that much. Um, but you know, I was reading, kind of looking through stuff, and you know, one report said that um, Mikey said he walked around like fifty-eight, sixty, but that, or that I think it was Robert Garcia said that, and then Mikey said something lighter, uh, like one fifty-two. So you know, you don't, you don't even really know uh, what he's going to be till, till the night. But you know, I, I don't know who I'd favor. Like right now, I would lean towards Errol Spence. Than I do Terrence Crawford, um, but 
and I think he's he's had probably better wins at the weight than than Terence Crawford has. I, you know, Jeff Horn, Jose Benavides Jr. Um, but you know, if Spence loses, then then that changes. But if Spence beats Mikey Garcia, I don't know. Does it change his stock at one at welterweight to beat a lightweight? Depends on how he does it. The thing with Crawford, though, is yep. that I think with me, with Crawford, why I would favor him over Spence is because he's shown us a little bit more uh, of, of his face and how he how he fights. You know, he can switch from orthodox to, to a lefty. Um, he can box. He can brawl. With Spence, for me, it's still a guy that we're still trying to find out. You know, like you said, 29 years old, the fights that he has under his belt is really not the fights that you would get and, and to, to get to your prime, you know, there's got to be a little bit more But Crawford for me is they top rank is, is notorious is they build them up slowly and they just start, you know, slowly moving the puzzle where they need to be. And, and Crawford has shown me a little bit more uh, dimensions to his fight game than, than Spence at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, that's all I have, right. man. So, oh, well, it's good talking to you. It's man. been a long time, man. Yeah, it's been a long time that we've spoke, we've spoken to you, brother. Yeah, man. I'll I'll definitely call in more often. Um, you guys are having a good show. I like what you guys are saying. I like the points you're making on these fights, and uh, I'll keep listening in to see what the other fans have to say. All right, Tim. absolutely. All right, man. Peace. Right. Fight fans, you want to call in three four seven two one five seven five nine eight here on Leave the Ring, Gable. Let's patch in the next caller here. Uh, five one zero. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hey, Gabe. Hey, Dave. It's over here, Richmond. How you guys doing? I'm doing all right, man. How you doing? It's a beautiful day in the yeah, Bay. Man. Oh, I know. Do you find the rain's gone, man? No more rain for at least a week. I heard. It's awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I work in construction. I'm outdoors all the time, man. It's killing me. Yeah, but, I think um, we need it. But uh, really, who needs it anymore? I, just, I want it to be over. Uh, the rain was brutal here, uh, particularly where I live. It's like, yeah, it was just, it was pretty grim. But uh, yeah, man, what's on your mind? Um, I, the last quarter was excellent. I you know, made a lot of great points, you know, in uh, Mikey's favor. And so have you guys, right? But um, I just feel like uh, Mikey, he just, he's not, um, he doesn't have enough power for a welterweight. And I don't think he's quite athletic enough for, to like uh, to avoid uh, Spence the whole fight. So, and I think uh, Spence has a bit m- bit more of a killer instinct. You know, he's not going to let uh, Mikey slide these and going and going for the knockout. I, I got uh, Spence by knockout, tenth round stoppage maybe. You know, I think he's just going to break down Mikey after a while. I think Mikey will outbox him early on, but the the the, the difference in power and athleticism is going to is going to tell the final tale. You know, Mikey is a better boxer, but this, you know they have weight classes for a reason. You know, and, this is uh, a tough fight. <laughs> this is a tough fight to pick, man, because you're making some great points. You know, because Spence can honestly, Spence can go in there and afford to lose rounds. What he can't afford to do is not uh, land the bigger shots to to physically break down the, the you know the supposed smaller man moving up. You know, he, he's got to land the bigger shots. He's got to land the welterweight shots, you know. So, you know, in and, and, and Spence's favor, you've got to think like, hey, it's okay if, when it happens finite. It's okay if he's losing, you know, uh, seconds and minutes of rounds. But it's the one, two, or three big shots. To me, that that's what's going to 
going to lead to the next question. Can Mikey Garcia stand up long enough to get to the 12th round if he's getting hit cleanly by an athletic and, you know, Spence has got some really good speed. He's got, he's got, you know, good hand coordination. So it's, it's, it's one of those, man, that to me, it's just like, God, it's a hard one to pick. I'm like I said, I was, I was, I'm on the fence. I was starting to lean with Garcia, but now I'm pulling back on the middle of the fence again, man. It's, you know, like, I'll say this much, man. When they first announced this fight, right, it would seem like it was only Mikey that wanted it. I sure as hell didn't want it. I still kind of don't want it, right? But right. just the fact that people are, like, curious and there's actual uh, legitimate arguments on both sides, I'm actually excited to watch the fight this weekend now, to be honest. You know, I have my feelings towards the fight. But at the same time, I want to watch it now, man. You know, I'm, I'm going to go to the movie theater. I'm going to check it out. And I'm, I'm going to enjoy it, you know. And I'll be pulling for Mikey. Like, I'm, I'm not anti-Mikey at all. I'm, I'm not anti-Spence either, you know. He, you know, he's been a good champion, too. But uh, I just, you know, I, I hope they see a good fight this weekend, you know, and we'll we'll see what happens. I just think, uh, like, every time that somebody's moved up in weight, like a couple weight classes, you know, they've always been, like, uh, fighters that could beat the other guy to the punch, you know, like a Pacquiao or a Mosley, right? They're athletic, make the other guy miss. And I just don't think uh, Garcia fits either of those bills quite, quite, you know, like where he's quick enough to beat the guy to the punch or and athletic enough to make the other guy miss enough, right? Cause, He's going to have to make Spence miss a lot to win this fight. You know, he can't just, it can't just be all on offense, right, where he's beating him to the punch. He's going to have to avoid the punishment, you know. Like, like you were saying earlier, man, if he doesn't avoid the punishment for all 12 rounds, he can get knocked out in the 10th or 11th round, even though he was winning the fight in the scorecard, you know, because he was outboxing him. But, uh, here's a, here's a know, food I'm, for thought, though. Here's a, here's a food for thought, though, in this fight. Let me ask you, who do you believe has the more educated jab? Is it Mikey. Spence? Mikey, right? And if yeah. you if you go back and you listen to any trainer uh, from the Manor Stewart or Freddie Roach and all them, they will all tell you an educated jab slows down the speedster. You know, you know, you know that saying uh, speed kills everything. It does, but if you have a jab to stop that momentum, it slows down a lot of things. You know, and it's going to be really up to Spence and see if he if he can adjust to Mikey's. You know. Uh, educated jab is he going to jab underneath his jab is he going to throw over his jab um is he going to slow him down is he going to even respect that jab i think that's what makes this fight so interesting and that's why so many fight fans are intrigued and so many fight fans are talking about it um you know the build-up to this fight is it the more and more you think about it the more and more we play around with it in our heads the more and more we keep coming back to the same question is shit this is going to be one of those. It could. It, it, it really. Is, it might can go. It, it can go off of experience, or it can go off with youth. Which one do you like? Yeah. Well, yeah. well and it's also coming to the punch. You know, can uh, well, can Mikey hit Errol Spence hard enough? Can he hit him at all? But can he hit him hard enough to get his respect right off the bat? Right. And keep him humble. You know, the thing is, like, people are looking at the size difference and going, God, Mikey is so much shorter. That's also going to make it really hard for him to get hit. He's going to be ducking under Errol a lot. I think you're going to see a lot of situations where Mikey's ducking under and Errol kind of overshoots and they come together and it's a tie-up. It's going to be a little awkward. Uh, Errol's going to have to come up from underneath. Um, he's going to have to earn those body shots. Mikey's going to be able to make himself small. 
they're they're not stupid over there. Rob Garcia is a smart smart boxer, ex champion, uh, you know, and and uh, now a very seasoned trainer, you know, um, and and they, you know, and and then the father as well. I mean, this is this is the big fight probably of the Garcia family's career, you know, uh, maybe the Don't Trinidad fight, you know, right. for Vargas, uh, you know, but but it, this, you know, if Cowboys game can get much bigger. Uh, this is for all the marbles. Uh, they're going to bring it. It's going to be a great fight. Yeah, don't be surprised too if Mikey Garcia is the body pun- is the body puncher in this fight. And if there is going to be a punch to drop Mikey Garcia, because Mikey may take advantage of his height, um, I'm going to have to go with my uh, with Spence Junior's. He's going to have to adapt to an to an uppercut. That would be the punch to drop Mikey Garcia, or to back him off. Yeah. Are you guys are you guys excited about the undercard at all with uh, Benavides or uh, or Neri? Any of those fights? Are those any of those fights interesting to you? I always like seeing Louis Neri. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, you know positive drug results also like seeing Louis Neri. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I always like that guy's style and and against McJoe. McJoe, why did they make this? This is the weirdest name and it's so hard to say. McJoe Arroyo. Uh, it's gonna be a good fight. Fight. Uh, the Arroyos are, uh, you know, an exciting uh, group of fighters, but they're a family of fighters. Chris Ariola versus Jean Pierre Augustine, as well, and Charles Martin versus Gregory Corbin. Oh, that's on uh, Fox One. That's kind of like you know a slider of a fight. Um, no, I'm not that excited about the card. I'm excited that I'll, I, you know, it's cool that I can miss it and just get to the main event. Uh, maybe at the theater or something. I don't know. Where are you seeing the fight, Dave? Are you seeing it? At, at I'm going to see. I'm, I'm watching it at the Riverbank Galaxy movie theaters. That's where I've, I've been going for, uh, you know, like I want to go see The Wild and Fury, uh, Canelo and Gennady Golovkin, um, uh, both fights. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I really enjoy going to the, to the movie theaters. You know, they, they I, I, I mentioned this before. They kind of do it like uh, you're at the ballpark game. You know, um, popcorn, beer, sodas, and the one thing that I truly love is that the people that show up for the fight, well, they're actual fight fans, you know. So yep. you're not into that real awkward conversation where the guy goes, "Yeah, man, I'm a big boxing fan." You know, Mike Tyson, uh, like, yeah, dude, Mike Tyson hasn't fought in how many goddamn decades now? You know, um, everybody else there is really in tune of what's going on and who they're picking and what they think of the fight. Last time I was there for the Wilder and Fury, there was a couple of listeners that saw that I tweeted it and they showed up and man, I had a blast. I had a great time. Um, so hopefully if you guys are still around, if anybody's out there in the 209 area in Modesto or anywhere else in the Valley, and you want to see the fight. I'm going to be at the galaxy, uh, riverbank, uh, movie theater watching Garcia and Spence. I was thinking coming out there hanging out with you too, uh, Dave, but that's like an hour drive, dude. I want to drink, man. I don't want to get D1 on the way back, man. You know, I was just thinking about coming out there hanging out. I'm going to watch at the Emeryville movie theater probably, you know, watch the uh-huh. Uber over here, you know, and watch that. Like you said, man, it's a good crowd, dude. It's kind of like, it's about as close as you get to going to a fight without going to a fight. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Em- em- fight. It's at Emeryville? Yeah, Emeryville have it. Yep. Like whereabouts? Like yeah. uh, what else is around it? So I'm trying to get my bearings. I've probably driven through where you know, this is. You know, like as soon as you get off the bridge, you know the the the, the IKEA right there. The IKEA yeah, right yeah. there. You get off the bridge. 
in that area right there, it's like a shopping center. Yeah. Oh, oh I see that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because that was at Kia uh, like a month ago. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about the the Bay the Bay Area Bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Bay yeah, Bridge. Yeah, yeah. So you got uh, the bridge, man. It's right there. It's on the left hand side. Sweet. Oh, I can totally. That's, that's not yeah, that far from you, Gabriel. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, you know, on on a Saturday night that could be grim, but but going out probably isn't as bad as coming in. But uh, yeah, I might I might do that. That this is the kind of fight you know. And I've been wanting to go to the theater. This is the kind of fight you want to see on the big screen, not like chilling, you know, alone at your it's house. It's a nice spot, yeah. man. They got a, <laughs> they got a bar and everything, man. It's a nice spot, man. Yeah, the atmosphere the is, is is it's electric. I I love it. I gotta tell you, it's it's electric. You know, everybody. Even even though the Wild and Free was not that packed, it was like half the theater was packed. Okay, if that, but. The it, 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 everybody there made it just that much more fun to watch, you know. You, you weren't you know you weren't shy getting up and screaming your head off and clapping and like you know you, everybody added to it. So it really felt like a. I, I, the only way I could describe it was, I felt like I was at a fight party that we used to have in the nineties. Do they tur- turn the lights down, or do they leave the lights out? Yeah, no, no, yeah. no, the lights are down, everything, yeah. Oh, that's and, and it's like perfect, like uh, 4K, like uh, the one in Emeryville, it's a, it's an IMAX theater, so it's huge, and it's in 4K, yeah. right, or like super high definition. Like after a yep. few drinks, man, you feel like you're in the ring with them. Like you feel like yeah. you're standing inside the ring with them. Like it's awesome. Do you have the recliner? Awesome. Do you guys, is the recliner no. over there? No, we do. No, See, we, we have that, man. So, oh, that's on like Rocky Kong. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think I gotta check that out. Yeah, it is my fun, birthday man. this it's, month, so. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, man! You know. Thanks, man. Uh, Thanks. It's, yeah, it's only twenty bucks to get in, too, dude. It's only twenty bucks to get in, man. It's a lot cheaper than paying the eighty bucks they want for you to, you know, get online, right? Yeah. And, and like and like you were saying, David, right? Like I can go hang out with my homies, right, and watch the fights with them. But then you got a lot of random people. You gotta kind of like find a spot. To, you know, get yeah. a good spot for the TV. You're kind of crowded. You know, I, I just have a good time, man. You know, yeah, I don't know. I enjoy it, man. I like going to the movie theater more than hanging out with my homies, man. Because you know that, you know, you know the the folks that are gonna go to the movie theaters, they're they're see they're paying to go see the fight. It's not like going to somebody's house that that the host is kind of a fight fan or it could be a fight fan, but everybody else that he invited or not, you know, so they're not even really paying attention to the fight. And if they are, they're asking you. About what's going on, uh, and there's always that one jerk ass that goes, oh, you know, UFC is killing this, you know, you know what I mean, and you, just, and then that takes away my time to, for me to defend my sport by saying, what are you talking about, bro, you know? So I really enjoy the movie theater. That to me is a place to do to go, and, and you're oh. gonna have a, a blast, you know? Oh, they're, no, they do it. There's one in in San Francisco proper. I'm looking yeah, at market, it right I'm now. Market. Yeah, on Market Street. I'm going to that. That's like 15 minutes from my house. That's yeah. yeah. All Check right. it out. I think it's dope, man. I think it's my fair way to watch a fight besides going to it, man. That's dope, man. I love it. I have yeah, right yeah. yeah I have, get dressed like time, it's man. Vegas, you know. Put on a yeah. put on a suit. Put on the furs. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. Bring a flask. Up, yeah, if they're turning out the yeah. lights, oh, yeah. you can bring a flask. You know. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know about the, the theater. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, that as soon as I'm done with this whole podcast studio here, because I plan to have about four TVs, you know, and have a surround system in here, 
as soon as I get that done, I'm, I, I, it should be done before the Canelo and, um, and Danny Jacobs. So as soon as it is, I'll, I'm going to tweet out the invite for anybody that lives around here that wants to come down and we can barbecue and have our brewskis here and you can crash here at the pad. You don't have to leave and we'll be able to watch the fights, man. Like if we're at the movie theater. That'd be cool, man. I mean, I was yeah, I mean, Gabe, normal there when just come hang out with you, watch the fights, man. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, Gabe, Gabe yeah. you come down to the house with my 72-inch, you know, so... Dave is very into his entertainment. That's what I'll say. He really... <laughs> he's he's a deep connection boy, with man. his... Yeah, he's not, he's not playing when he's playing. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I appreciate you guys taking my phone call. I know you guys got people on the line, man. Thank you very much. Thank you, hey, brother. Always appreciate Hi, the call, man. Bye. Stay Bye-bye. free. <laughs> Fight fans, you want to call in 347-215-7598 here on Leaving the Ring Let's talk a little bit about Triple G What are your thoughts about uh, the DAZN and, and, uh, and Gennady Golovkin finally, finally joining forces um, You know what sucks, man, is that the, the focus should have been about Gennady And the possibilities of the opponents that are going to be, you know, brought up. But I don't know about you, but I saw more people focus on where's Tom Lawfer? Where's Tom Lawfer? You know, um, and I was just like, you know, why are we so focused on Tom Lawfer? You know, why why is he the the main like talk of of everybody? I, I'm not really getting that. And like, you know, and Tom tweeted today, you know, it's good that Chris Mannix will be hosting the Triple G media event, officially announcing the zone deal today. Chris said Triple G winning the rematch with Canelo, as did the overwhelming majority of fans and ringside media. Big chant. Like, Tom, you know, it's really weird that people are like, uh, uh, you know, that, that we're trying to like knock the guy down. You know, he built up a fighter. He did, you know, in this fractured-ass sport that, you know, today I was involved in like a, sort of a thread about keeping, you know, about building a boxing league, which is something that, you know, uh, Kurt Emhoff, like, really likes. Um, you know, in this fractured, like, free-for-all, you know, capitalism on steroids sport called boxing, uh, Tom Loeffler was able to take Gennady Golovkin, nobody had heard of. All the people that are naysaying him now didn't know who he was, but he was an amateur uh, or, you know, a guy that was in, you know, like Sarrell and Stable kind of hiding behind Felix Sturm or trying to get at him and not able to. Uh, they didn't care about him when he was fighting in Panama, uh, you know, the, uh, against Kasim Uma. Uh, but, you know, over here, they're like, oh, he's just product. I don't understand how hard it is to, to get to where he was at, uh, at his age, um, you know, and to fight in that exciting style, you know, the Triple G's given us the best years of his life. I think it's great he's able to work that out. And, you know, it's clear that he does love boxing. And he wants to be an ambassador for his country through boxing. And he does Triple G promotions. Um, I don't think it's a matter of cutting Tom out. It's just kind of expanding himself. And, you know, Tom did the same thing, I think, you know, you could say with K2 promotions, then eventually jettisoned and became you know, 360 promotions for himself because, you know, the Klitschko brothers doing their own thing. They, they know that they are K2. Um, you know, I bet Tom will be an integral part of the whole thing. And, and uh, the reports of his demise, I, I just think it's weird. Like everybody wants to jump on that. And we are in the age of, 
of sources tell me this. Like, you know, Steve's always been that guy, but I've always known, you know, meaning Steve Kim, but I've always known Steve and I followed the same practice. Like when I tweet something, it's because I know it to be true. Right. Like it's verified, you know, maybe you even check it with a couple people, but like not speaking out of turn, you're sharing information that, that, you know, can be verified and, and that's not going to, you know, uh, well, sometimes it'll does damage, but you know, like, I, I don't know. I just, uh, this whole thing is weird. I, it just seems strange that people want, want Tom. It's almost like they want Tom to be out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like the way it's being covered. From from be, from being the people's promoter, it's all of a sudden it's, you know, hang them, let's hang them, you know, um, it's really weird. But let's pass it to five fans here if if they want to still want to talk about Mikey and Spence. I'm I'm curious about uh, some of the callers of who their pick is for this Saturday and where they're gonna watch the fight at. Um, two zero nine. You've been waiting longer. Uh, I will get to you nine one seven. Uh, 209, you're live. Hey guys, how you doing? That Red Bull that's kind of hitting me, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> I uh, took a Red Bull at the top of the hour, and uh, you know I'm flying. <laughs> so <laughs> I've been like about six months since I've had one. I randomly bought one the other day, like on an impulse, and I left it in my bag, didn't drink it, and then I was kind of tired before the show. I was like, I'll save it for the top of the hour. And, yeah, I'm like uh, kind of a crackhead. I'm like standing. I'm, I can't even sit in my seat. <laughs> hey, so, uh, anyways, how you doing? Uh, what do you think about Spence versus uh, Garcia? Well, uh, uh, honestly, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. I, I just don't see Errol Spence losing. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I Personally, I think if Errol Spence loses, I think that will put a big damper on the Crawford-Spence so I wouldn't be surprised if he walks away, walks away with the decision. Uh, and plus, what he did to Cal Brook, I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting anything less. You know, I know Mikey Garcia is good, but that's like two weight classes. That's like Canelo moving up to face uh, the Crusher or Bevo or somebody of that size. I mean, you know, that size difference. You know, you know. Don't get me wrong, I'm a, I'm a Mikey Garcia fan. And uh, I would like to see a Mikey Garcia versus Pacquiao pay-per-view. You know, I'd, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. But yeah, I mean, like Triple G broke Brooks, like you know, one orbital bone, and Spence broke the other one, and like a lower weight class. Like you would, you know, it, it, that should kind of tell us something. Like a guy jumped two weight classes, gets his eye broke, and then you know, um, but that also it should say something about Errol Spence's power that he was able to do that. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, unless Cal Brook got some, uh, 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 brittle bones, but I, I just don't see it, you know. But I think I we would have figured that out before then, you know. Like, I think these guys just really hit that hard. But also that there's weight classes for a reason, you know. Uh, exactly. And he's moving up two weight classes? Wow, that's, that's you, know, you know, because I heard you guys talk about it, you know, uh, as I was driving home. And I'm thinking, wow, 160. I mean, like that's like 160 moving up to 175. That's like 168 moving up to a cruiserweight. I'm like, wow, that's you know what a difference, you know that that really makes. Um, yeah. But but hey. But it's also it, like old school, you know. It's the way they used to have to do it, you know, 35 uh-huh. to 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 47. But it's also kind of misleading because he did fight at 40, you know, and then he went back down. 
I think he's just yeah, like yeah. a Pacquiao, you know? Um, he's just trying to fight at his natural weight at this point and really uh-huh. optimize himself. But uh, you how know, do you see uh, the fight unfolding? I, uh, honestly, I, I, I see it going back and forth. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be a bar fight. Uh, I, I think, uh, I think Mikey's too smart for that. Uh, I, I, am looking for, um, I see a strategic match. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes a distance because they really don't engage. Um, but you know, uh, a while back, uh, uh, what's the name? Brandon Rios gave an interview on, on, on YouTube. I, I don't know to who it was. And, and they asked him, uh, uh, who, who, who's the hardest person he got hit by? And he said, Mikey Garcia. So, mm. you know, I, 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 th- I think Mikey got some power and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's just going to stand back and try to counter, you know, I think it's going to be for int- interesting fight. So so interesting. Uh, I'm actually going to go see it at the movie theater. I'm not going to buy it, but <laughs> you know, I, that's good. <laughs> I am going to see it at the movie theater, and uh, uh, but I what part I, of town are you going? Yeah. Uh, Stockton. Stockton. Uh, you going to see I, it I, in, I, in a, a double feature with Captain Marvel? Or uh... <laughs> <laughs> no? Yeah. It, it all depends. On my, it all, <laughs> Lady, hey, 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 it all depends on my lady. Right now, you know, she she's game to watch the fight, but you know, I wouldn't be busy. I wouldn't be surprised if we get there. She goes, no, baby, let's go see Captain Marvel instead. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like you know, take her to a movie midweek so you kind of put that in the bank, you know. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sometimes works. Or uh, or what you could now. do is you you or what you could do is do a fake call. Like you're calling the movie theater, go look, babe. I'm gonna order the tickets right now, and then go. You know what? Mija, they they sold out, so we're gonna have to go to the fight <laughs> after all. I, I I tried my hardest, man. <laughs> <laughs> they sold out, man. Sorry, I tried. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. mi amor. They sold out, but I buy you some extra popcorn con butter, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Hey, for the fights this weekend, uh, Bebo, uh, uh, I know you got caught, but dude, man, that guy has some good footwork. Yeah, he ain't does, no bro. way. Yeah, he has great footwork. That's one thing I took out of this fight. Ain't no way uh, 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 Smith, uh, Joe Smith was going to catch him, man. I mean, I know he got him a couple of punches, but, I mean, man, he spent half the fight just chasing after him. Um, that, that's great footwork, great footwork. You couldn't um, help it, though. You know, you, you couldn't help it, though. And I think that's what kept me glued to the to the fight was that you were hoping that he can land another big one and 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 do the upset special that everybody was hoping to get from the Porter and Ugas fight, you know. But Bivol was just too good. He's just too good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bivol was just too good. Uh, Porter, you know what? For that fight, I was at a quinceanera. And, uh, you know, they, they had it on at the bar, and we were hanging out right where I was sitting at. And uh, you, I was able to see the fight, uh, you know, bits and pieces of the fight. Um, with Porter, uh, you, you're you're used to a certain style, a certain uh, 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 um, ugly style that he fights. And right. that's what I was kind of hoping for. Uh, but, but everybody in the world knows his style, and I guess, you know, you got to change it up. You know, I get it. You're a champion. Change it up. You know, you know, keep your opponent off guard. 
But but I was kind of hoping to see that style in him. Um, but from what I saw, uh, it, it kind of looked like he was trying to outbox him. You know, uh, compared to what he did with Thurman, compared mm-hmm. to what he did to everybody else, and he he comes forward, he makes the fight ugly, he wrestles. But man, you know, you know, I was kind of hoping he'd do the same thing, but he just kind of tried to outbox the guy. <laughs> yeah, so, I wanted to see him push Uga's limit. You know, I wanted to see yeah. if if he could frustrate him. You know, I, I wanted to see, uh, you know, if he we know that. Yeah, something, and and it yeah. was just like it was like Porter didn't come out to play. He 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 opted to stay yeah. in in the house. He didn't want to come out in the rain. Yeah, and and one of the other things I, I want to uh, uh, mention about is is what you guys talked about earlier about how the people from the PVC fight maybe once a year, and, and this is part of the reason why you know I don't watch the PVC too much. Uh, let's just say, for example, uh, Errol Spence when he fought Calbrook. Guy was on fire, hottest thing on boxing Twitter, and then seven months down the road, guy still hasn't fought. Uh, uh, Zeal yeah. Santa Cruz fights, does good. I mean, to the point. Next, next fight, eight months down the road. I mean, if I miss, if I watch these guys fight, and if I'm like glamoring them because they did such a good performance, where I'm, I'm looking to buy their gear. I mean, I won't see them fight until another eight nine months. So what's what's the point? You know, that's that, that's that's one. You know, I understand superstars fight twice a year, like Canelo, which I get it. You know, my Cinco de Mayo and uh, Mexican Independence Day worth it. Um, but these guys from PBC, it's like, you know, like I see them more on Twitter calling people out than I do actually in the ring. You know. And, and, the, uh, difference is, the difference is what you mentioned, like Cane- the, the Canelos of the world and the Gennady Golovkins of the world, is that they earned it, you know? They earned the PBC, it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, they, they earned the right because they were fighting so often and they were taking certain challenges. These guys, it's, it's almost like they forced, they, forced their, they, they forced it on us, you know? Yeah. But it, also, it, it also kind of proves that uh, – Maybe the boxing Twitter is, is not as strong as what we believe we are at one time. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? We're not that. We're not the influence. You know, but hey, it makes for interesting, very interesting reading material. I swear, man. Boxing Twitter. Is, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Gabe, Gabe, Gabe. One of my favorite tweets of the day was what you said. Uh, about Gennady, uh, uh opponent, how it, it translates to uh, Ricky, whatever that how they Rocky. Rocky Fielding. I could be wrong. Yeah, but you know, but we knew that's what it was going to be. It's going to be one for them, you know, one for us. You know, hopefully yeah. we get yeah, yeah. Can- Canelo Triple G in in, in September, and you. We can close uh, the chapter on that, and that, it, that ultimately, like a, a real fight breaks out between these guys because it doesn't feel that sustained. Like you know, I want Morales Barrera from these guys, or Barrera Morales, depending on who you favor. Uh, that's what I want from these two guys, uh, not like nip and tuck. That's what I'm hoping we don't get with Garcia versus Spence. Like you know, just like a De La Hoya Trinidad. Like uh, it's like it's done, and you feel like they didn't fight. You know. Uh, I hope something is com- it's more combustible there in Texas this weekend. Well, well I, uh, uh, 
I think uh, Canelo Triple G is just gonna start off where where they ended off at. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, them too. They they complement each other well. Their their fighting yeah. styles. I mean, my God, the the second fight. You know, there's so much controversy on the second fight. Who won? You know, this guy won, that guy won. I tried to watch it again. I tried to score it. And I was, you know, halfway through the fight, I put the, my scorecard down, my scorecard down, and I was like, you know, this is a great fight. I mean, I just sat there and enjoyed the fight. These guys were like <laughs> dumping, and I mean, I was like, wow. I mean, I mean, you know, why get caught up in this trying to score who won, who won? You know, it was just an excellent fight, and, and I hope those those two guys do it again. Uh, anyways, gentlemen, uh, thank you very much. I have to I have to cut this conversation short. I appreciate you guys taking my phone call. No problem. And I. And I look forward to hearing you guys again next weekend. All right, brother. Thank you for calling Ooh. in, man. All right, man. Take care. All right. Thank you very much. Bye. Um, I'm going to go to uh, 917. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Yeah, thanks, Gabe. How's it going, hey. Gabe? No. Hey, what's going on, brother? Not much, man. I was playing Mario Kart, and I was reminded about the show that, that you guys have on Mondays again. I got to get adjusted to – to talking boxing again on Mondays, but I'm happy to um, have you guys again on, on Monday nights. So there's three three quick things I wanted to, to talk about. Have you guys discussed in detail, because I missed the first part of the show, the Ugas Porter fight over the weekend? Who would you guys have winning? I had a draw. You had a draw? I was, yeah, I was kind of draw-ish, you know? I kind of liked Ugas. I thought, like... You know, he was trying to make the fight, and Porter was kind of trying to figure out what fight he wanted to make. Um, yeah, I I would have been okay with a draw, but I definitely don't think he, he lost the fight. I just don't think he did enough to kind of uh, claim and, and, and scream robbery. But, you know, the funny thing is every time I watch, like, these black Cubans fight, these black Cubans fight, I remember this interview, like, years ago with Bob Arum where he basically said, like he was outlining reasons why he couldn't promote Regan Doe. Promote him, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was like, yeah, you know, these black Cubans, you know, they don't have a fan base. The white Cubans, they don't support them, and they don't have any fans in the co- – and it's kind of true. So I always have a, like a kind of a soft spot for these guys because the money in Miami is, is you know, post-revolution Castro money, guys who fled because they didn't want to get the assets seized pretty much like – in the Bacardi types, and they don't really support these guys. That are, you know that that were amateurs for the longest in Cuba, and obviously are of a different uh, a race. Uh, and you know, obviously, African Americans don't uh, embrace these black Cuban fighters, so they don't really have much of a fan base or anyone screaming robbery or or, or crying for them when they lose these fights. You know, would have been probably done wonders for him. Had he won, because he would have probably got a high six-figure, maybe low seven-figure payday against Spence or Thurman, and now he's, you know, we may probably not even see him on on TV again. But it's tough. I mean, they just cannot box that that you know that style where you barely win or do enough to like really solidify a victory uh, and and get victories in in the U.S. So I was just gonna say that real quick uh, about that fight. Um, so, uh, the the thing with with Triple G, uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm just not. I was never really that excited about 
seeing him with the zone or with anybody else. Are you guys still excited about Triple G? Not really. I I, I got to be honest. Not not really. If anything, oh. I'm just I'm more like okay, you signed with them. I was I've kind of been more of you know I I think we're at the end of his career. Um, what is the farewell going to end up ending like? That's I think that's where I'm at with him. I, I was know a they pretty want... big. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, go ahead. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, I was, no, a, go I, was a, I was a I was a big Triple G fan uh, for the longest. You know, and I'd always tune in to see him. But he really did lose me when he fought Valnis in that in that fight on HBO. You know, um, I get I get it. There were circumstances around why he fought Valnis, but I'm pretty sure that he could have fought Devrinchenko. At least that's what Lou Devella was saying. And he mm-hmm. went from being all about the belts and you know Mexican style, quote unquote, and to <laughs> You know, uh, avoiding a mandatory defense, dropping his title and fighting Vonis and blowing him out. Like, I've never liked guys that blow out opponents that have no shot. Um, I don't know if you guys remember Jeff Lacey from uh, yes. like a while ago. He came yeah. up on Showtime. Yeah, the Olympian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was I, one of my first I, interviews, yeah. I, nice enough guy, I get it, but I just could not become a fan of his because – you know, I was I was in my teenage years. I'm growing up. I'm watching this guy uh, fighting on Showtime, blowing out guys that have no shot. You know, it is just it's almost like bullying to me uh, to a, to a certain extent. Um, I, I like yeah. everyone who saw that fight knew that Vonis had no shot. You know, and right. we kept talking. About he's a warrior, and this and that. And it's like, yeah, we're oh. setting him up to go out on his shield, like. What about this is sporting? Yeah, I didn't like. And I didn't like that fight at all. Blow out Vonis? It's like, excuse me. <laughs> you know, yeah. what I mean, he just he just lost me as a fan when that happened. You know, and he had a guy willing to fight, uh, is mandatory. A guy who ended up arguably, uh, you could, I could, I would say he at least deserved a draw. It was a good fight, a close fight. I, I don't mind that he, you know, as a, as a, a close loss, but. Devrinchenko, he when he fought Jacobs, this is a good fighter. I would have liked to see him face that guy. But you know, right. you, you fight Vonis and it's like, boop, and, like, and dude, Jacobs not... fought him, and you're like, why didn't you face this guy? I mean, Lomachenko yeah. is facing his mandatory. The granted, Krola is not Devrinchenko, but still, like, you take care. Part of being a champion is is doing that part of the business, right? Agree. You, you know, that guy earned his spot. I don't really like that guy. That's not your problem. I mean, it is your problem because it's your mandatory. <laughs> it is, and apparently the guy had been waiting well over a year, uh, maybe even close to two years, like waiting for this shot. You know, just waiting yeah, and but, waiting and waiting. You, you can't know? bitch about a, a date that never existed for Sergio Martinez and, and Triple G to face each other. You know, like when you when you line up their careers next to each other, it's like the the complaint that that. Triple G was avoided by Martinez makes no sense because one guy was on pay per view. Yeah, one guy was on pay per view. The other guy was still even fought Gil. Yeah, you know he was like making his debut as like the the third replacement on a fight on HBO card when the other guy was doing pay per view. Um, It doesn't line up. 
but yeah, and, exactly. When the shoe when was the on the shoe other was foot, was on the other foot. He did the exact same thing as these, you know, highly promoted, decorated superstars did, or at least he said they were doing the hand. You know right. I mean? This, this is how we got Trump. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, you just mm-hmm. lost me, man. And then we had a disagreement about this before, Gabe. But I, I'm sorry. I on this one, we we we're just going to agree to disagree. What's this that? whole thing about how he, you know, tied uh, Hopkins' record of middleweight title defenses and passed Carlos Monzon, you know, I'm sorry, but the WBA regular title does not count as the middleweight championship. Those fights mm. count towards that record, you know? And, again, it's like he's all about the belts. He's Mexican style. Well, wait a second. Like, you're discrediting a long legacy – of Mexican guys who who fight very and never like that. Racefully, you know, yeah. get the fuck out of here with the Mexican style. Yeah, it's always bothered me. Type of Mexican yeah. styles. You know what I mean? So you got that. Then you add in the thing he did with dropping the title and facing Vanish. And then on top of it, you know, you're claiming you you've got more defenses than Monzon and all these other middleweight greats because you held the WBA regular title for a bunch of years and made defensive of, like, who recognizes that as a world championship? He's an excellent point. I guess. Huh? Yeah, that's an excellent point. No, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't consider myself, you know, a, a big historian head. I do, you know, uh, recognize the lineal championships. I think that does matter because that that's history. It's the man who beat the man who beat the man. It can be traced back. All these other titles, it is about, you know, what you do with the belt once you get it. But, yeah, you also should be looking – I mean, he did look to unify. There's the narrative that, that all these guys wouldn't face him. Um, but, you know, you stepped up, really looking in for himself and took that fight. I think that's a good, a good win, though. The music, Jacob uh, wasn't you know. dodging him. And, and no, let's also not forget the fact that he signed the fight uh, – uh, he, he signed the fight Billy Joe Saunders. And, and Pirog. And Pirog. And then when he mm-hmm. got the fight with Canelo – the rematch pulled out of a fight with Saunders. You know, it, it, look, he's just not who he purported, who he was purported to be. And you, you look at the history of like a guy like Carlos Monzon, right? This guy fought everywhere. He went all over the world. He's all over Europe, all over Latin America, all over the United States, literally Hagler fighting too. everybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, Hagler too. And then you want to say that you've got more defenses than them? Get out of here, man. And that's enough on um, on Triple G. What I wanted to say about about uh, Mikey and uh, I'm sorry, man. I, I got no, no, I know. I you know I, what? I want... You know what? I'm, I'm a big historian buff when it, when it comes to boxing. I got a bunch of stuff here in my office. I got. I actually go to, to these antique uh, uh, stores because my wife likes to go and shop there. But I always hunt down like old uh, boxing magazines, ring, or the wrestling and boxing mags. I don't know if you guys remember those. It was the wrestling uh, uh, and boxing mags. But, and to go, to, 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 to go back to your point about these bouts, right, the, these bouts are just these titles that are being given, it's almost like we're in that gen- – well, we are. We're in that generation where, you know, the, the, the kid that actually did the most, the MVP – uh, gets the trophy, but then the rest of the team, and even if you didn't participate, gets a trophy too. Boxing is kind of become like that. We're just giving out belts, you know, uh, um, to 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 make them feel good and to give them that that chance of saying, "Well, I did make 
uh, some type of history, you know. I don't blame Triple G for accepting it. I blame the system and how they've created it, you know. And I think that's why a lot of folks are after the head of Tom Lawford because they've been turned off. They got turned off, just how you said you got turned off about the Matarosian uh, ordeal. Look, he's doing what he has to do. Just don't give me the triple BS or quadruple right. BS. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, oh, I you, that's man. what it is. I mean, look, you go to ESPN.com slash boxing, right? They, have, they always have a little link you could click for the current title holders. I mean, in some, in some weight classes, like six fucking titles, right? Yep. You've got the regular, the super, and then you've also got interim. I mean, there's times when the WBA has three champions at the same time, right? You want, well, you want to consider those title defenses? No, well, isn't man. there a new title for the for the Danny Jacobs and Canelo? Isn't there a new title on the line now that I that I think they were saying the Cinco de Mayo belt or something like that? Come up with all of this stuff, man. Diamond yeah. belt. No, it's like a, a, a Mayan belt. Mayan warrior belt. It's like a Mayan yeah. warrior. It's a word that translates to or a phrase that translates to uh, Mayan warrior. Uh, you know, alluding to Mexico's roots. Uh, some people are, are, are very confused by that that idea. But, you know, when they are a Mexican organization, uh, they probably know their roots better than, than we do. Um, it's, you know, but you know, they're going to bestow something on it. And it's their way of, I, I don't know, dipping their beak. Uh, I don't know sure. if these guys are paying any sort of sanctioning fee for the Mayan warrior belt. <laughs> uh, Mayan warrior, incidentally, is a really cool art card, Burning Man, that plays some pretty awesome music. If you... Uh, if you ever run into Mayan warrior out there, I, I assure you, you'll have a good time. My, my, believe it or not, my grandmother's actually uh, part Mayan. So, uh, you know, I've hmm. always been interested in that stuff. But, look, the First Nations, indigenous, they're, they're, their languages, symbols, and, and you know, they, they've always been appropriated for these money-making, money-making themes. So it doesn't surprise me that it would happen again, even in Mexico. No. Um, no, I mean even they even get know, it wrong in the movies in Hollywood. I mean, Apocalypse that that one. God, you, you know, know? It, it, so. Anyways, though, let's go on. It could be worse. It could be the Columbus. It movie. could be a lot worse. By the way, quick, yeah. quick uh, digression. But but Roma on Netflix is a very good movie. Um, the the Mexican one. But uh, no, quickly, uh, Errol Spence, Mikey Garcia. You know, I heard somebody saying earlier that he's going up from lightweight. I mean, I. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think he had like 20, maybe even 30 fights at featherweight. You know, he, he like, what was his last fight at featherweight? It was like uh, against a Puerto Rican guy, right? Um, Juan Ma. It was against Lo- Juan Ma Lopez, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, fought yeah, yeah. a long time as a featherweight, right? Then he goes up to 130, then 135. He's seriously outsized uh, in this fight. I'll tell you why I like Mikey, you know, I don't think anyone should do anything they don't want to do, even, you know, even if they're good at it. And for two years, he didn't want to fight for top rank. You know, he gets a lot of slack for it, but, you know, who's to say that someone should go in the ring and get bruised up and cut up and put hands on somebody else if they don't want to do it fighting for someone or with an organization they don't want to be fighting with? So I, I actually commend Mikey for, for the fact that he took time out of the ring you know, did things he wanted to do in that time. I understand he went to school and did other things. You know, um, uh, so I, I like him for that reason. I like, you know, his autonomous kind of independent mind state. Um, having said that, you know, the old saying is what, that a good big man beats a good little man, right? So right. 
It's going to be mm-hmm. tough. I, I, Mikey can fight on the inside, but I see him more as kind of an outside fighter, like a counterpuncher. Yeah, right? he was always like a um, sniper waiting to yes. get you. Yes, exactly. And can he do that against Spence? You know, I hope he can because I want to root for the underdog. But it's going to be tough, very tough. And, uh, you know, he, he decided to take on this challenge. You know, sometimes you need these challenges to kind of motivate you in the gym and, to, you know, do the tough training and work that's required to be a elite boxer. So I'm not saying that he shouldn't have taken this fight. I just see it as a serious uphill climb for him. And um, I'll definitely be tuning in, but – if I had to bet money, I wouldn't be betting on, on, on Mikey as much as I want him to win. That's Yeah, I'm, go. I'm going Spence, uh, just based on that axiom alone. You know, just a good big man beats a good little man. I think that, that Spence is a good big man. Um, he yeah. should fight more often. Amilcar, where are you going to watch the fight? Uh, I'll probably watch it at home. The thing is with the movie theaters... I don't know any movie theaters in New York City that show that show fights, man. Really? I live in the Bronx. I don't I know. No, yeah. Uh, up where I live, the movie theater here doesn't show it. I often go to the movies and um, I actually go to the movies a lot. I have uh, something called A List from um, AMC. You go to three movies a week for twenty dollars a month. And uh, if I could use that to go to a, to go to this, I'd definitely do it. But I don't. No, that's you know what I'm gonna have to look into that when I get off this call. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say you can go to what is that Fango or something like that because that's how I found where it it was playing. Well, I mean, I mean uh, previous fights like the Wilder and Fury. Uh, cause Fango. I, Fango, I think it's Fango. Fandango. Fandango. Yeah, feeling that I'll just invite some Fandango. people over. There you go, Fandango. Uh, yeah. Okay. A I'll, dance I'll, I'll, and I'll, yeah. an, an underrated Kevin costume as well. Uh, as a place to get movie tickets, Fandango. Fandango. Um, <laughs> all right, man. Well, uh, we need to get sponsored by them. Um, anything else, man? Uh, no, man. Um, that's pretty much it. I, you, uh, you guys talked about the Bevo fight and uh, everything else. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of like Tito, young Tito Trinidad without the punch, you know? Yeah, yeah, but you know what that might be, Gabe? That might be huh. the fact that he moved up in weight because by all accounts he can fight at 168, right? Yeah. So, right. You know, it's like almost like Trinidad when he was fighting at 168 or at 160. He wasn't as yeah. devastating as he was at 147 or even 154. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, he does remind me that. He, uh, you're absolutely right, Gabe. He, that's, a, that's a great uh, point. He does remind me of that. Real classic punches. He likes to throw that lead, and and just it's all with the feet. You know, it's all just kind of yeah. skating around. As Tito got older and heavier, it was like you know relying on like sitting on that that power. You know, just devastating. Uh, God, he just there hasn't been a guy like that to me uh, since. Just a real knockout puncher that that uh, that does it for me the way Tito did. But uh, I'm getting misty. I may have to take another shot. Uh, it might just be the red <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, all right, man. Well, enjoy the fights. One thing uh, I'll leave you guys watching. with: people need to look into this uh, to this stuff that's going on in Venezuela, man. The truth is coming out. And uh, oh yeah, Cobra, man. All type of people are involved in what's happening down there. So, yeah. Um, 
Oh, I've been so, tweeting about it, you know, pretty regularly. If anybody that, that okay, that's actually, good, man. I've been off Twitter, but yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. The, since from the beginning, I mean, it was like the Intercept. That podcast had a journalist on who was talking about the bridge that they were saying that was supposedly blockaded, and the guy did like satellite footage going back years, and he's like, "No one's ever used that bridge. It doesn't, <laughs> you know." Wow. Uh, uh, and yeah. that was, it you know, happened, it's it fairly steep through to the New York Times. A whole documentary about it. But I gotta re-download that that podcast. Thanks for the reminder. Anyways, man, yeah. we just gotta keep an open mind. And Gabe, you keep up the good fight, man. I appreciate it. Check out Crime Town too. Uh, they do one on Providence, Rhode Island, like a season, and then the other one, uh, the current season, is on uh, Detroit. Uh, pretty good Crime stuff. Crime Town. Crime Town. Got it. Sounds like something that a vulture capitalists look for. Yeah. <laughs> well, <Okay>. enjoy. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right, man. You guys take care. You, you too, man. Thanks. Uh, let's pass you uh, one more caller here before we uh, wrap it all up here on Leaving the Ring. He's been very patient. Juan in San Diego, you're live hey, on guys. Leaving the Ring. Good hearing long you time again, no guys. Talk. How are you? Yeah, same, dude. Same good, to you. Good. Good thing you're back. Yeah, so Thank real you. quick, I know we have a little time for this, so um, I just wanted to give my three two and a half on, minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, about uh, some of the things on the car. Uh, was commenting on, about Triple G and all the, you know, the whole WBA thing. I see boxing in three different eras. The Golden Age, you know, from the Marcus of Queensbury all the way to probably Joe Lewis, Marciano, that era is one. Second era is from that until the probably 90s, 2000, and then right now. I divide mm-hmm. it in three, in three because it's not the same. We can't compare Monson with a Triple G because the, the, the landscape is totally different now. You can't, like, it's not the same. There's a lot of titles. There's a, the, the money's not the same. The amount of fans are not the same. You know, it's very different. It's very difficult to compare eras, you know, when, when a, uh, the main fighters are only fighting two times a year uh, because it's not only the PBC. Let's be honest. Most well, the only thing that hasn't changed, not- though, but, but see, here's the only thing that hasn't changed in boxing is the manipulation and the corruption of money. And everything oh, else yeah. that oh, has no, come no. in line, you know that's what I mean? That's stay the same. That's mm-hmm. the common. That's the common denominator with between all three of them. But right. again, in the end, I, I decided at one point that me being, you know, a fan, a historian myself, like a big fan of the history of boxing, I, I, I stopped comparing because you can't. It's not the same. It's not fair to the guys from the past, as well as not fair to the guys from the present because things right. are not the same. But that being said, that being said, I I did want to cover a little bit about. You know what's going on right now with the fight this weekend, which I find very intriguing. I didn't get to listen to the beginning of the show, so I don't know what, what your guys' opinion is, but I'll give you my two cents on that. I think, you know, when I heard about the fight, I was, I was, I was happy about it. I said, well, finally something that I can look forward to, even though it sounds like a mismatch, it might not be. It might not right. be for many reasons. We're talking about two quality guys. I've seen a lot of guys from smaller weight classes go up in weight and be successful. You know, re- just recently Manny Pacquiao. You know, guys that, that start jumping in weight and then get to a place where they can match up, especially with, the, with a guy like Spence that only fights one to two, two times a year. So he has a shot. I think he has a shot, but I think my pick is Spence for one reason and one reason alone. He's as good as him. So I think that if everything was equal, he would still be, you know, he would still be competitive with him. Technically, both guys have their you know, are, to, to me, are the same. Now, if you add the size and the power, then he has an advantage. So I think Spence is going to, you know, is going to edge it out because of that. Uh, not because, just because he's p- more powerful. Yeah, that's the easy way out. 
I do think both guys technically are very like I, I would probably give it to Garcia, but in the end, I see a lot of good things on Spence. You know, uh, his fight versus uh, Kel Brook. You can see the inside, what the body work, the you know the 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 AI, his IQ, the boxing IQ. That's the word. He's really Agreed. good. I think he. I think that's the thing that people are not giving him enough credit for his technical ability. They're just saying, no, he's too big and too strong. That's not the only reason. He's a, he's a tough guy too. You know, no, he's calm, guy. cool, and collected. And yeah, the oh, bigger yeah. guy that may be moving to 54 at some point. This is not his only stop as a weight class. But uh, we got to wrap it up yeah. there, uh, Dave. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much, man. Great points. Well, there you go. I mean, hey, this is the reason why you know fans are intrigued by this. I think everybody, everybody that's came on and called in have given some great, great insight of what they think is going to happen on Saturday night between Errol Spence Jr. and Mikey Garcia. Once again, had a great time. We'll be back Monday to talk about the review of the fight here on Leaving the Ring, so don't miss us at 5 p.m. Monday. As always, don't drink and drive because you will spill your beer. Gabriel? Peace.